Hey listeners, welcome to Everyday Badass. My name is Megan Lahan, and I'm so excited to have you join us and listen to another one of our incredible guests. So let's meet someone interesting. All right, everybody, welcome to another episode of Everyday Badass. And uh, I'm excited to introduce you to our guest is Michelle Randall, and she is a local um, small business owner amongst a myriad of other things, um, but in an awesome location on Hyde Park Square. And we're going to be talking about all of that and and her journey to um, become a small business owner and have this incredible space. But um, she's also going to dive into her career path. She um, worked at Saks and at James Free Jewelers and Stafford Jewelers and all along this journey up until um, becoming a business owner, which she is today. And in addition to that, she is a wife to her husband, Chris, and she has a beautiful and wonderfully talented daughter named Bella. So welcome, Michelle. Thank you. Happy to be here. Good. So before we start getting into all the things, retail and, and awesome stuff, why don't you give our listeners just a little bit about you and your upbringing? And, um, you know, for those of you, too, the way I know Michelle is um, actually through her twin brother, Michael, um, who is married to one of my dear, dear friends. And so we became acquainted gosh, years ago when they got married and started going through all the wedding fes- uh, festivities and and all of that stuff and um, have kind of stayed connected through social media and at different family events and parties. And um, so that's how, how we know each other. But, you know, you're local to Fort Wright, Kentucky, right? Fort Thomas, Fort yes. Thomas, yeah. And um, so, yeah, let's talk a little bit about Michelle and growing up and family life and all those things. And then we'll get into the career path. All right. Well, you know, I as you said, I grew up in Fort Thomas. I had a pretty normal childhood growing up. I am a twin, so that always adds, you know, something fun to it. Right. That's uh, not normal for everybody. Yeah, that's a cool aspect. That's true. So imagine when there was trouble, there was double the amount of trouble. (laughs) Was there a uh, lot of blaming each other or who did what type of thing? He definitely used to blame me. (laughs) So he would definitely blame me. So I think most people saw through it, but yeah, that's just Michael. He probably still would blame me if he could for something. (laughs) And you have an older sister too. I do have an older sister, Sharon, who Uh I'm very, very close with. And I actually have an older brother too who lives in Texas. Uh So there were four of us, but my sister and my older brother are significantly older than us. So 10 Mm -hmm. and 12 years. So Mm -hmm. really it was just my brother and I. Yeah. So um, we grew up in Fort Thomas. We went to Johnson Elementary. Mm -hmm. So we went to elementary school with all the people that we went to, you know, high school with. It's a yeah. very close-knit little community. Mm-hmm. It, um, so it, it's, it's a great community. I always call it a walking town because when you walk through it, you see everyone that you went to school with. People yeah. come back to Fort Thomas. A lot of people still live there. So yeah. It's my, a beautiful area. It is a great area. My yeah. parents still live there. I don't think you really appreciate it as much until you're grown and, and then come back and realize how really great of a town yeah. it is. So. I think that happens to a lot of us. You know, when you're in it, you don't get it. As you get older and you have different experiences and you mature in hindsight, it's when you look back, you know, there's an appreciation on a different level. Yeah. I think you're right. So there's no doubt, you know, we were big, you know, high school football fans, still am to yeah. this day. Everyone's watching their college and their Bengals and I'm like, hey, what Highlands do? Yeah. So it's just, it's once it's in your blood, so Yes, there's no doubt. So went to Highlands. Um, we were, your typical rowdy teenagers Mm -hmm. and, you know, graduated from high school. My dad and parents are both, you know, working class people. Mm -hmm. It, um, we, you know, we had everything that I guess we needed, probably Mm -hmm. a little less than what some people had. Mm -hmm. We were raised very, very young that if we wanted things and we needed to work for them, they certainly weren't being handed to us. Mm -hmm. Uh, So, you know, we were given the gift, which I think is probably the best gift of work ethic. Agree. And so we, we certainly had that. We, we all walked away from that. Mm -hmm. Um, So we graduated high school. And um, my brother went to, he went away to school to EKU Mm -hmm. and I went to Northern. Mm -hmm. And um, so I guess I'm going a little forward here. Maybe I should go backwards. So my, when I was, uh, right before I got my driver's license, my sister was in the jewelry business. Yeah. And she worked for um, a company called Panina Designs, but they had a lease department inside Getting Jenny. 
which if you're from Cincinnati, you know what Getting Jenny is. Getting mm-hmm. Jenny was this huge Saks kind of like department store. There was nothing like it in the city. Actually, very few things like it in, in the country. Amazing. Very yeah. high end, but independently owned. Okay. It was right in the middle of downtown. And she got me an interview with uh, their, I guess, their vice president. Yeah. And um, so I vividly still remember going to the interview. I actually remember what I wore to it and yeah. everything else. It was it was kind of a really big deal. Yeah. It, a um, defining moment. It was clearly. a defining moment. It was yeah. definitely a defining moment. My friends were working at, you know, Little Caesars and yep. McDonald's and things like that, making, you know, minimum wage. I think mm-hmm. it was like three seventy five an hour at that point. Yeah. So, so I went to the interview. I walked in. I was in absolute shock at all the fashion and the people. And I still vividly remember the sunglass wall and with all the Gucci and stuff like that. And it wasn't a world that I had lived in because I grew up really modest in a very, you know, I had a beat up Ford Escort Mm -hmm. and, you know, that barely drove and such like that. So it wasn't something I was used to. And the people walking around wearing their, you know, coming in in their furs and carrying their expensive bags. And I I wanted to be a part of it from the second I saw it. So. I remember getting the phone call, and he offered me a position. He offered me um, $10.50 an hour. Wow. I thought I was rich. Yeah. I mean, I literally thought I was rich. Right. I, I mean, I guess for a kid, I for was. A curd, for, mm, yeah, for a kid, so. for sure, especially at that time. Uh, I'll never forget it as long as I live. I mm-hmm. remember hanging up the phone and just being so excited. Mm-hmm. I remember the first day going into work, and I was young. I mean, I was very young. I was. I had just turned 16. Wow. And— um, parking in the parking garage and he would give me parking stickers and so they yeah. didn't have to pay for parking because you know I didn't have any money right and so they gave me a credit card Giddings gave me a credit card which I also thought was the best thing in the world right. I mean probably led to trouble later in life but <laughs> you know I think we've all been through that cycle yes, yes. so trouble and credit card straighten it up learn yes. your lesson and never go backwards yes so I learned that at a very very young age mm-hmm. and um you know I started working with customers and it was very, very quick that we realized that I had a knack for it. Mm -hmm. Um, People liked me. I liked them. Mm -hmm. So I was young and fun and, you know, it was just neat. So within a couple weeks, I was actually on the sales floor selling. That's awesome. So it was really neat. He also paid me commission at that point. So I really thought that I was in the like Forbes 500. Yeah. So it, um, it was really cool. Yeah. And so I, um, I continued working there for a while. That was in 92, mm-hmm. 1992. And then obviously I went, you know, back to school. So mm-hmm. I was only working on Saturdays and on the, in the evenings because they were open until I think seven or eight. Yeah. It's been a long time. I'm old now. So it, uh, so I didn't have a tremendous amount of hours until my senior year in high school. Mm-hmm. And then my senior year in high school, I was able to do this co-op. Oh, so, yeah. It was very cool. It, I don't know if schools do it today. I know Bella School certainly doesn't do mm-hmm. it. But I was able to go to school. I went from 7.30 to 9. And I took, I think, a co-op class and, I don't know, a, a required class. I, I think it was government. Mm-hmm. And then after that, I was free to go. So I was able to work a full-time job as a senior in high school. Wow. It was really very, very cool. And I was very good at it. So yeah. at this point, I'd been doing it kind of part-time. I'd established my own little clientele. I was, you know, dressing up and wearing suits and heels and skirts and stuff like that to school yeah. or to work. And it it was, it shaped who I am today. Yeah. And kind of what my path was. It, um, I remember in math class, not math class, in the co-op class that you would go to for like 30 minutes and kind of report what you had learned and stuff right, like that. Right, I got you. I yeah. just remember telling stories about the customers, you know, that they yeah. wouldn't believe. And because this was such a big store, people would come in that were like local Cincinnati celebrities, like mm-hmm. the Bengal players and things like that. Yeah. Which I had a kid, as a kid, I was really, I mean, I I thought it was really we cool. You were blown away, oh, right. Absolutely blown right. away. So I remember Cindy Crawford came in. I mean, there were people that came in and it was just, I was starstruck. You were kind of living this adult career life as a senior in high school. I definitely was living an adult career life. There's no yeah. doubt. And then about halfway through my senior year, I had money um, kind of tucked away and I moved out of my parents' house. Yeah. And so as a senior in high school, I had my own apartment. I was in Gettysburg Square Apartments. I'll never forget them. Yes. And so yeah, that's where my first couple apartments were actually. And I just, you know, kind of continued down that career path. I mm-hmm. knew that I loved the business. I knew that I loved people. I loved fashion and really almost any accessories. Mm-hmm. So I like things in general, I think. Yeah. Really accessory things. So um, I worked while I was in Northern and 
Gettings closed. Mm-hmm. So Getting Jenny's closed. It actually changed ownership, and and then it closed. We, um, as a company, had well, the company I worked for had um, three or four stores, three stores, and then another one, and then back down. And I went to work for our Blue Ash store, which was Nina Paul Jewelry Company. Okay. And so, it I was there for fifteen years, and in that fifteen years, really from the time I started, you know, from the time I left, it was a fifteen year you know span. So I. I did a lot. I mean, mm-hmm. I did everything from selling to inventory management yeah. to buying. It. Um, I I learned more than what people can learn in a lifetime mm-hmm. about you know being in retail. And I had a lot of really great people around me. I worked with my sister in the beginning, who had been in high end luxury retail her whole life. Yeah. I worked with um, my direct boss. His name was Gary mm-hmm. Hanika. Um, he's since passed away, but his wife, Colleen Hanika, who yeah. was one of the best salespeople I've ever seen still mm. today. I mean, one of the best I've ever known. Mm-hmm. So I was surrounded with people that, you know, really cared about me and wanted to take care of me and things like that. I have uh, really, really great memories of yeah. that. Um, Nina Paul herself was really kind of inspirational. She was a woman in business. Yeah. I loved that. Um, she was tough. Mm-hmm. There was no question. And as a woman in business, you have to be tough. Yes. You know, when I was younger, probably then, I didn't quite realize why she was so tough. I certainly get it today. Yeah, same. So I understand that. It, um, And I got a lot of that probably from her. Mm-hmm. And so I learned the skill of buying for a store, which is quite a skill because you have to learn to buy for who's buying and not right. for yourself. It's very difficult when you have a budget to walk in and see things that are fantastic and you love them all and want them. And then you have to realize, okay, I love them. But n- my taste isn't necessarily what everybody's taste is. Right. I actually always say not everybody has great taste. So. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> right. <laughs> yeah, you have to buy for the masses. So And buying for the masses and doing it um, proactively, like before, like you're buying it for when it's going to come in in the hopes that somebody is going to like it. It may not, by the time you're buying something today that somebody really loves, loves, you know, it's already been out. So that's something too, that I, I've always been fascinated by that. I mean, that's a skill set. It is. You you have to be able to predict the trends, right? You have to be able to predict the trends. It, um, and jewelry and accessories, it's a little easier than some things because you don't watch what's happening in Europe. Yeah. And you know, what's happening in Europe, what's happening in Italy, it's coming here, Mm -hmm. you know, And, and it's coming, you know, six months to a year. Right. Some places, you know, way down the road, but it is coming. Yeah. So it, um, so it is very neat. But when you work for a small company like that, you know, open to buy is a little different. And so you, if you don't buy right and Mm -hmm. you're not selling what you have, there isn't any outlet to give it to, or there isn't any other store to pass it along to, then you're stuck with merchandise in your case that doesn't sell and no open to buy anything that will sell. Yeah. And And that's just when you start discounting and having to get rid of your inventory and capture what you can. That's exactly right. But too much of that is when stores don't make it. Right. And so, because you have, I mean, they have bills to pay, salaries to pay, and they have an overhead they have to keep. Yep. So it is, it is complicated. But Mm -hmm. like I said, I was surrounded with people who really, um, they really cared about me. And And it sounds like really incredible um, tenure of them being in that industry where even like two things, one, amazing that they cared about you and wanted to help you be successful. But two, as somebody who was just interested, it seemed like you were just willing to kind of absorb and watch and learn everything that they did to kind of craft your own you know, success. Yeah, there's no doubt I was. And I I loved learning it and I loved working with the customers. Yeah. Um, and I still thought that I, you know, was, this was such a great thing. I mean, yeah. I had friends that were, had graduated from college and things like that and didn't have jobs that were anywhere near as great as my job. Right. And I enjoyed being there. I enjoyed yeah. going there. It, it, it became a part of me. So it doesn't and feel so, like work because no. you just genuinely love it. It didn't. I loved it. I loved yeah. every minute of it. It didn't feel like work. But the more I was there, the more I wanted my own. Yeah. I wanted my own store. It, um, but that was going to be a challenge because anytime you buy into a retail store open in a retail boutique, it takes a lot of capital. Mm-hmm. You, you know, you people don't just give you that merchandise to sell. You have to buy it. And, right. And yeah, then you have to sell it. So like mm-hmm. I said, when you're working with a small, so it was difficult. Um, so, so it was a dream of yours, but it, wasn't something it, that was going to be realized right then. It was a dream of mine. It had always been a dream of mine, um, but it wasn't something that was going to be realized right then. And yeah. I knew that. Mm-hmm. So it, um, you know, actually being able to put away money to save, to buy a store, 
when you have a passion like me, and like I said, I love things. Yeah. Shoes, handbags, and stuff like that. Mm-hmm. It, um, I wanted that too. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, you're surrounded by it all I the time. I wanted it all. Yeah. I, I wanted it all. And I could easily justify it in saying, well, I have to have this really nice car because, you know, the people who come in and buy from me, that that's what they have. And they expect me to have that. Mm-hmm. And, you know. If so, I'm selling this lifestyle of these luxury items, right. I should be showing them for myself. I should be showing them for myself. I should be wearing them. I should, you know, I should be... I, yeah. So yeah. I wanted it. Yeah. So, and um, I, so I was there. I was there for a long time. Um, Gary actually ended up getting very ill and he passed away when I was, I want to say maybe 19 years old. Mm. And he had colon cancer. It was very sad. Mm-hmm. And he was young. And Colleen had moved to Florida because they wanted to be in the sun, somewhere warm for him in the end. And it left an opportunity for me at a very young age to step in and manage the store. Wow. So I did. Yeah. And it was an opportunity that typically somebody that age wouldn't get. Right. But— I knew the operations of the store. I knew mm-hmm. the buying of the store. I had already been, you know, to the to the jewelry shows. I remember going to my first jewelry show mm-hmm. and thinking that I was on top of the world. Yeah. So our vendors took us to the Palm and ordered lobsters. And it was the first time in my life I'd ever seen somebody deliver a plate of lobster that was just humongous. Yeah. And I also remember them putting it on my plate and thinking, I have no idea how to eat this. Right. I mean, I have You're 19. no— I'm 19 years old. I'm— a, Little Kentucky girl that, right. you know, it uh, had no idea. But I learned. Yeah, <laughs> I learned. you do. You just adapt and, and learn so quickly. You adapt and learn quickly. So he um, so he passed away. I took over the store and it was it was fantastic. So mm-hmm. we had a lot of growth and there were really good things. It was really good things coming, you know, my way. Yeah. I, um, I was very happy. I met my husband. I was 20 years old when I met him. Yeah. And, um, you know, he was always very supportive of everything I've done. Uh Uh-huh. And so he was in the automobile industry. He is a consultant, an engineering consultant. Uh So he works with lots of different companies. Um, But at the time, he was working for local, you know, companies here. Mm Mm-hmm. And, um, you know, we just— we got along really well. Yeah. And so, I mean, he's a great guy. Every, everyone that knows Chris loves Chris. Uh-huh. So they probably love him more than I do. <laughs> <laughs> he's very, he's a nice man for sure. He's very even-keeled. Nice yeah. You have to be even-keeled to deal with me. I, I'm, I'm not. <laughs> You're the, the energy in the room. I am the yeah. energy in the room. I am the talker. I am a challenge. I always have been. I'm never not going to be. That's always going to be me. Yeah. And, you know, when you get my sister and my daughter and I in the same room, there's not even room for anyone else to speak. Mm-hmm. So, you know, he has learned to be kind of quiet. My sister's <laughs> husband's the same way. When yep. you put us on the room, they're, they're just, if they say two words, it's a lot. <laughs> right. <laughs> so you, you can't get a word in with us. So we always have a lot to say. And I see my sister every day, but mm-hmm. we, we still have a lot to say. Mm-hmm. So, all right. So where am I in my story? So you meet Chris. I meet mm-hmm. Chris. It, um, it's we and we end up getting married mm-hmm. four years later. It I'm still there. I'm mm-hmm. still working, selling, you know, just doing my dig. Yeah. So it's it. Um, and then Nina's son got sick mm-hmm. and it, he was very sick and it was a horrible situation. He had a brain tumor and it it, it affected, I mean, it affected everyone. It sure. affected her. You know, the store wasn't her priority at that point, which it shouldn't be. Right. Of course it wouldn't be. Yeah. Um, she was very involved in her community and her um, her outreach and such. And it was one of the things that I loved about being at an independent store like that is that you could be very involved. Yeah. And I loved the idea of being involved in the community and going to the functions mm-hmm. and getting all dressed up and, and things like that. It it was kind of a way of giving back when you didn't really have anything to give. Right. Mm-hmm. But so, supporting the community that's supporting you. Supporting the community that's supporting you. And that's yeah. always been a big thing for me. Mm-hmm. So in, in my entire career path, everywhere I've gone, that's always been a big thing. Yeah. It um It's important. We... We have to support our community. Mm-hmm. We have to support our local businesses. We have to, you know, we have to. Otherwise, they won't be here. Right. So, and they need us. Mm-hmm. So, it, um, but it was, it was something that started there for me. Yeah. And so, I loved that. Um, I guess we got married and then we had Bella. Yeah. And so, I was pregnant with Bella when Nina was going through everything with her son. Mm-hmm. I... Had Bella, and Nina decided that she was going to close the store. Yeah. And so, and that was, that was difficult for me 
even though at that point I thought maybe I needed to be a, a stay-at-home mom and maybe I needed to give, you know, put my efforts, you know, towards that yeah. and and take a step back. Um, so we did, we did talk about, you know, continuing the store, you know, if I had bought the store and such like that, mm-hmm. which I wanted to, mm-hmm. but again, it wasn't something that was, you know, feasible, uh, at, feasible the time. at the time. Yeah. I mean, maybe if I hadn't bought nice bags and shoes for the last several years, yeah. <laughs> but even then probably not. Yeah. So she, we closed the store and I stayed to the end and, um, I gave that, uh, staying at home, you know, mom, mm-hmm. a, a shot for mm-hmm. a couple of years. And so we actually moved to Lexington at that time. My husband had taken a job in Lexington and we decided that that would be a good, you know, fresh start to, yeah. to go there and try that. It, um, I, I love my daughter more than anything in the world, <laughs> but that was not for me. Yeah. <laughs> that was not for me. And so I, I am did, the same. I think any, I think any woman is faced with that decision, you know? I mean, what do you do? And your heart pulls you in multiple different directions. Um, but I am the same. I mean, I, I love my boys dearly, and uh, but I, I need to work. And that's just, you know, I, mo- a lot of my family is stay-at-home moms, and and that's a hell of a hard job, you know, without a doubt. And, um, and I bow down to that as well, but just a, a personal thing. I mean, I've just, I get it. I had to work too. So I had to work. I, I was a drill sergeant and not nice. Yeah. So. It um, so I started thinking about my options. My sister worked at Saks Fifth Avenue at the time, and I really wanted to be in. I wanted to obviously be in jewelry, but I really kind of wanted to be in the buying aspect of it and such. I didn't really necessarily want to be in sales as much. Yeah. I, I loved sales. It um, but I just wanted a little more. What yeah. I, what I thought was a little more. So she worked for the fur department at Saks, and um. I, she said, well, come and come and interview for, for jewelry. And I mm-hmm. thought, well, okay. So I did. Mm-hmm. Um, and again, we were living in Lexington. So I interviewed for, they needed a fine jewelry manager and um, buyer mm-hmm. for, their jewelry department is broken up in a couple of different ways. So there's fine, there's fashion, and then there's, um, there is a fine jewelry that is um, like turnable. So okay. you, that you change. So, mm-hmm. uh, so, and that is more like, like the trendier things. Yeah. So that's where really kind of seasonal, seasonal mm-hmm. understanding the trends and such takes in. And that's when, as a buyer, that's really important. And it has to be different in each store because what's selling in Cincinnati seasonally is very different than what's selling in uh, Naples, let's right. say. Right, right. And Naples comes to mind because it's a huge market for jewelry, yeah. especially for Saks Fifth Avenue. So I interviewed. Uh, they offered me a position the next day. Wow. And it um, was very exciting. So I said yes. Mm-hmm. And I commuted back and forth between Lexington and downtown Cincinnati for about a year. Wow. It was it was a lot. That is a lot. It was a lot. With I, a newbie at home, too. I mean, Bella was probably, what, two? She was three. Three, three yeah. at that point. So it was a lot. It, um, But my husband, you know, he jumped in and, you know, right. helped when needed to be helped. And Saks kind of understood that. So I left earlier than the traditional, you know, person would leave. Uh-huh. Um, I've never been afraid to ask for something. Mm-hmm. So And to make that work, I, I couldn't stay there and work till 7 o'clock at night. I needed to leave earlier than that. I right. needed to drive home. I've never been afraid to ask for that. Um, and I found that if you're not afraid to ask for it and you're not taking advantage, then people work with you. Yes. And they did. I agree. And I think a lot of it, too, has to just stating your intention at the beginning. So Mm -hmm. obviously, when you were interviewing and coming on board, it was, you know, you want this position, but here's my parameters in order to make this work. And then I'll give you my all when I'm here. But these are some of the other things that I need. Right. And that that was exactly it. And and we were all on board. Yeah. So I came on board and... um, I immediately jumped in. So there was it there were a lot of things in the department that needed to be kind of changed uh-huh. and revamped. And, you know, it is a little more difficult when you work for a corporation like that than sure. working for an independent, which I learned very quickly. Yeah. You know, one of the things I'll never forget was when you called Saks Fifth Avenue downtown and, you know, you get the recording that says, you know, if you'd like shoes, press one. If mm-hmm. you'd like, I don't know, uh, women's clothing, press two. There wasn't one for jewelry. Oh. And I thought, really? So that actually took me 13 months 
to get one on there for jewelry. So versus if you worked for an independent, you you know, like within 30 minutes. Yes. So it, um, so anyway, but there were lots of things and we made lots of changes. Uh, I started going on buying trips for Saks to New York. It was very cool. Met all the counterparts. Um, It's a great company. Uh, Mm -hmm. You know, it's a great company. It's now owned by a different company. So I'm not quite sure if it's still the same. But when I was there, it was a great company. Yeah. And so I loved being there. My customers that I, you know, had met when I was at Nina's all still supported me. Mm. There are specific families that have always been very supportive of me and have played a very essential role in, you know, in my growth and my success. That's amazing. So um, they keep coming no matter where you are. They keep coming. Yeah. I I think it's because I'm very honest. Mm -hmm. So I'm very honest and I'm very vested. Mm -hmm. So it, um, I actually truly care about them. Yeah. I, I recently had a customer who has, who is the son of someone who's been my customer for a very, very long time. I mean, they're really part of my family at this point. They're friends. Yeah. And she had a big 40th birthday. I think I was as excited for him to give her the gift yes. as she was to get it. Yeah. So I was just so excited. It, um, and you do. You get, you know, you get really attached and get very sure. excited. So so anyway, I, I came to Saks. Um, when I came there, the jewelry department, I want to say, was 12th on the list, you know, they rank everything. The different departments. The different departments. Yeah. And, well, like, um, New York City is always going to be the number one department for jewelry, even mm-hmm. though it has a very different business model than the rest of Saks. It's always going to be the number one. Mm-hmm. Um, second was Naples. Naples does an incredible amount of business. No one was ever going to take Naples yeah. know, spot. But uh, Cincinnati was, I, I want to say it was 12th. Mm-hmm. So um, I stayed for 18 months. When I left, it was 5th. That's great. So we were able to really have some growth. Yes. Um, We were able to change all kinds of things. The CEO of the company actually came in to meet me. So it was very cool. Yeah. He was not really talkative, but it was cool that he came. Yeah. (laughs) See what this wonderful, you know, woman is doing here that's putting you guys more on the map, which was awesome. It was really nice. It um, it was a really, really exciting time. Um, there were lots of things about the world that I didn't like, uh, and that was mostly when you wanted to get something accomplished, it took a long time. Long time, Simple, yeah. simple things. It just took a long time. Mm-hmm. It, um, but I loved the camaraderie of having a huge team around you. Yeah. Because there were a lot of people there. Yeah. There were a lot of people there, and I loved that. I thought that was really neat because I really felt like people could learn from each other's best practices. Mm-hmm. So somebody in shoes could learn from something I had done or I could learn from something that Louis Vuitton was doing or right. something like that. I felt like there was a lot lot to take away from it. Yeah. I felt like there was a lot to take away from it. So it, um, so I, I enjoyed it. And um, I probably would not have left if I didn't get a very good financial offer yeah. to, to go elsewhere. Mm-hmm. So I left and, um, you know, still at, at that point, it was still on my mind that, you know, really I wanted to do this myself on a smaller scale. I've always wanted a small type of boutique. Boutique, yeah. yeah something that, you know, that I knew every piece and every price of everything and every mm-hmm. skew and, and such like that. So, um, but not, not in the car yet. You know, Bella was um, going into first grade at that point. Yeah. So, and she was going into Marymont. Mm -hmm. So So you guys had moved back. We had moved back. So so I commuted for about a year. I moved back. Originally, Bella and I moved back and Mm -hmm. then my husband followed. Mm -hmm. So it, um, it, it was an exciting time. I mean, there was a lot going on and, um, so then I, I took a job with another big independent in the city, and I was super excited to go. Yeah. They're one of the largest independents in the nation, mm-hmm. and I certainly learned a lot from yeah. my time there. I, I learned a lot. It um, Once again, it was a whole different way of buying. And so at Saks, if buying was so much looser, if you bought something and it didn't work, they would just send it to a different store. Yeah. And so there wasn't that— you didn't really have to study the analytics of it as much. You just mm-hmm. really had to know your own department. It um, probably allowed you to be more, not as fearful, too. Definitely were able to take risks. Yeah. Some that paid off. Right. And so, and that, that's actually exactly the way yeah. it, made. it made you not so fearful. Mm-hmm. It, um, but was super excited for that experience. And then I moved on. Mm-hmm. And I think everyone has that job, well, I hope not everyone has it, but I think they do has a job that turns out to be an unhealthy situation. And, oh, yeah. And unfortunately, that's, you know, where my next career move had, mm-hmm. had taken me. 
And I won't get into a lot of the details other than, you know, just to say it turned into an unhealthy situation. Sure. Unhealthy situation. Very volatile. Mm -hmm. And it really wasn't something that, you know, I needed to be a part of. Um, But I am one of those people that I am incredibly loyal. Mm -hmm. I mean, I was with Nina for 15 years. I I would have stayed with Saks. You know, my two-year, you know, time there was short. But at the time, I felt like the move was the right thing to do. Yeah. And, um and I even, I still stayed with that company for almost eight years. Mm-hmm. I still stayed with them for almost eight years. And um, and it, it eventually crashed. Sure. And it was very, very painful. Mm-hmm. So in those eight years, we did extraordinary things, extraordinary mm-hmm. things. Um, you know, the business was just going straight uphill. Um, the customer base was amazing. Yeah. Once again, I was able to bring my people um, and, and meet new people mm-hmm. and, um, you know, work with, you know, vendors that were the same vendors I'd worked with at Saks, but kind of on a different scale. Sure. Um, it, um, so th- th- I, I take a lot, took a lot of good things away. Mm-hmm. Um, but then in, I guess, this October will be three years. So two years ago, two year Octobers ago, it just kind of crashed down. Yeah. And so, and then I was off trying to figure out, okay, what, what am I going to do? Sure. And so I had felt that, um, I had lost a huge piece of me and I wasn't even quite sure I knew who I was at mm-hmm. that point and, you know, what my purpose was and, you know, did that job define me? Mm-hmm. And, you know, was I going to lose my customers? Was I going to lose my friends? Um, you know, what, what was going to come out of it? Um, and so I, I took about a month off and did start writing a business plan and came up with um, what today is Jacob James, but it, but still scared to really kind of take that step on my own. So yeah. the, the, the finances behind it were a lot. Mm-hmm. And in my mind, I thought, you know, even though I want this, am I being selfish? You mm-hmm. know, Bella was at um, private school at CHCA at that point. Yep. Which is not inexpensive. Right. And all I could think was if I failed, it um, would I bankrupt my whole family? Mm-hmm. You know, would I rob, you know, uh, her being able to go away to the school she wants to go to? You mm-hmm. know, would I, was I doing everybody an injustice? Mm-hmm. And I decided that I was. And so I, um, I went to interview with uh, the Stafford family mm-hmm. for Stafford Jewelers, who was the next biggest jeweler in the city. Yeah. And, um, and I loved their story. Mm-hmm. And so, I mean, they have a, a, I mean, it's a sad story, but they have a very sad story. The, you know, it was their father's business. Mm-hmm. He passed away unexpectedly. And, you know, he left the stores to his two young boys. They were in their 20s. Yeah. And um, his wife, Amy, who's an incredible, talk about a badass. Yeah. She is a true badass. Mm-hmm. Who's an incredible woman. And, um, I wanted to help them. Yeah. And and I could see so much potential. Mm-hmm. So I could see so much potential. I thought that we could take that store to the, you know, the biggest store in Cincinnati. Yeah. And I wanted to do that for multiple reasons. Mm-hmm. So I wanted to surpass some of the other people mm-hmm. and um, I wanted to win. So I am kind of competitive. Yeah. <laughs> so yeah. it... Um, and I think when you have been done wrong and it has left an imprint on you, you want to find a way to correct that. Sure. And so it. Um, so we dug in. So I took the job, dug in. Um, I was a director of operations over their two stores, mm-hmm. and I worked in the Montgomery store. I still sold to my customers who came in. Yep. Um, we started bringing designer pieces in, and. Um, at one point, I told Amy about, you know, what my store, what my plan was to open, you know, my store. And, and she had had very similar thoughts of something very similar. So we decided to open it. And so it um, so it was really fun. It yeah. It was a really fun time. Yeah. And so it wasn't mine. It wasn't my money opening it. But it um, it was my, you know, my dream store. Yes. So I yes. did keep a couple things in my pocket. I didn't share all my ideas completely. But um, so it was fun. It was really neat to start a acquiring the merchandise mm-hmm. and, you know, doing the store and setting it up and building it out. It was decorated by Quince and Quinn. They did an incredible job. Yeah. The store looks very cool. Uh-huh. And so, and, um, so we opened on June um, 1st of 2019. Mm-hmm. And, it, you know, it was going well. Things were going well. Business was definitely on an uphill trend. 
and uh, the store, which was my baby, yes, um, was going really well. We were having some hard time finding the right mix of employees. That's really difficult. Yes, it. Um, you know, I think the work ethic today is really different than the work ethic was when I was young. Totally agree. Um, and it this takes the right person. I mean, you need somebody fashion forward. You need somebody who understands jewelry. You need yes. somebody who understands accessories and handbags, and it. Um, so you you need a lot. So I was working a lot. Yeah. So I was you know working at Stafford's doing my normal thing. I was, you know, looking up, you know, mer- finding pieces to buy and what mm-hmm. to bring in and who to find. I was working a lot. But I'm a very loyal person. And when I when I work for somebody, I I treat their business as if it were my own. Sure. And so and that's how I did with Nina's. That's how I it's how I've done with everybody. Mm-hmm. Um I'm very vested. Yeah. And it um it's important to me that it does well. And I actually wanted to do more than well. I wanted to exceed all the expectations mm-hmm. and I want to be the best. I want, you know, I want I want it to do amazing. Yeah. And so same thing with you know, customers and clients. I want them to leave thinking, wow, that was amazing. I right. loved that. You know, I they are knowledgeable people and they have the perfect thing. And, you know, I... Um, they want to feel taken care of. That's w- important to you. Yeah. That it you is. feel like you've taken care of them, that their experience was worth it. Yes. Worth it coming to you. Yeah, I do. I want people to leave and tell all their friends about it because it was an amazing experience. I always say I want to exceed their expectations. Yeah. And so it... So, um, then... COVID hit. Yeah. And it um, it really was something I'd never expected. I never expected, you know, government to start shutting down businesses and such. It really took me by surprise. We were actually not in the country when it shut down. We were in the Bahamas and on spring break. It was spring yeah. break and um, ended up getting like the last flight out of the Bahamas and basically having to flee the country after the hotel shut down and right. such. It was a crazy experience. So I was in shock all around. And um, so, you know, everybody was at home. Uh, while I was at home, I was writing, you know, everyone's at home enjoying their time. I'm writing an employee handbook while I'm at home. And so from mm-hmm. scratch. Mm-hmm. And that's just who I am. I just couldn't, not that I don't love my Netflix. I certainly watched Tiger King. <laughs> we, all, yeah. we all were there. I mean, yeah. I, I didn't miss any of the things that everybody else saw too. Yeah. <laughs> but in addition to those things, right. you know, I'm writing employee handbooks. I'm still looking for people to, you know, to hire. We're still looking for that right manager. And um, I got a text from Amy Stafford mm-hmm. and said, um, can you come over to my house tonight around six? And I thought, that's weird. And so, and I came over and she said, look, the boys and I have had a, um, a conversation and we don't think this is what we want to do anymore. Mm-hmm. And it um, it wasn't business. Business was great. It was personal. Yeah. And, you know, when their father had passed away, it was what they wanted to do. They wanted to live at his legacy. But I think they realized that they were living for somebody else yeah. and not for themselves. And then they needed to live for themselves. She wanted them to do what they wanted to do. She wanted to do what she wanted to do. I think wanted family businesses. I yeah. think so, too. Mm-hmm. And I think it's really important that people do something that they love. Yes, I love what I do, mm-hmm. but I understand why people wouldn't want to do it. Sure. And so it's difficult. And over the years, it's changed a lot. Mm-hmm. I mean, I have seen, I, I mean, I started this before I was 16. I was 15 years old. I'm 43. I've seen a lot change in all those years. Yeah. People have changed. Jewelry has changed. Attitudes have changed. Mm-hmm. Pe- people aren't anywhere near as nice as they used to be. Right. I mean, it is. Technology it is, has changed te- between. Right. I mean, that's a whole other thing between oh. buying and. Oh, it's crazy. Marketing itself. I yes. mean, back in the day, marketing was calling your customer, sending invites and having big shows. Today, yes. it's about Instagram and social media and right. the right reels and the right Who's music. Who's wearing your it. stuff. Who's mm-hmm. wearing your stuff. It's mm-hmm. a, it's it's something that I'm learning. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So because it wasn't what I grew up in. Like sure. I said, I mean, I grew up in calling your customers. So it, um, so for me, it's a nice mix of things because, you know, I, (laughs) I can't just be the Instagram guru. Right. And so anyway, um, they didn't want to sell Stafford Jewelers. Uh, they really wanted to close the store. They felt that if, as long as there was a Stafford Jewelers, they would have some tie to it and they wanted a fresh start. Mm -hmm. Um, and I, I actually adored the family. And, yeah. Um, and I wanted, while I was crushed and shocked, mm-hmm. I wanted them to be happy. I wanted, I wanted them to find some peace and happiness. And I think they have. Yeah. And so um, Jacob James was the store we had opened, and it didn't have the name Stafford Jewelers. Mm-hmm. So they, um, they offered me to buy the store. Mm. Well, I obviously wanted the store, yeah. so I wanted it from the get-go, um, but then it came down to what it always comes down to, which is money. Yeah, I mean, the backing. The backing. Mm-hmm. You know, it, 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 
life always boils down to money. Mm-hmm. And so I had um, a number of good customers and friends who stepped up and said, we got this. Mm. You know, we have this. So I didn't have to go out and ask anybody for money. I didn't have to do any of that. Um, they actually came to me. Mm-hmm. And I am incredibly fortunate and happy and um and I had the financing. But so. it's a testament, though, to the relationships that you built over the years. Yeah. I mean, that's a huge thing. It, it, it made me feel really good. It yeah. made me feel really good. I am, um, I mean, my my dream, my mm-hmm. dream that I had had since I was a teenager was coming true because people believed in me. Yes. And so, and they wanted to support me. And it, um, and and they did. And with their checkbooks. Yeah. And so, and it, it. It made it happen. It changed my life. Right. And so it changed my life. And on September 1st, we reopened Jacob James. Mm-hmm. We kept the name. Mm-hmm. So as homage to, you know, the boys and the family, it just seemed like the right thing to do. Yeah. And um, although my daughter still, I think, wants it named Bella's something. <laughs> I mean, she does, She's like, when can I get my name she, in here now? She does mention it like every other day. <laughs> so, Especially since she's working at the store. From she, t- yeah. I know, she works there all the time. Yeah. So, I mean, she loves it. Bella has the fashion, you know, bug as mm, yes. me too. And she, she does love working there. Unless she has something going on with her friends and then I'm out. But right. yes, I definitely think she wants to see her name on that window but mm-hmm. you know it's it's not gonna happen so, <laughs> yeah. it's not the right thing to do I try to live my life and make sure I do the right thing if yeah. I can just lay my head on my pillow at night and you know having done the right thing then I just believe that everything else will work out oh, I say that so, all the time truthfully like in decisions that I have to make with business and work and when I'm problem solving with people on our team. I mean, that's one of the, I I can't tell you how many times I've said that. I'm like, just at the end of the day, you want to put your head on a pillow and say, I made the right decision or I did the right thing. And, you know, the other stuff will fall into place. Yep, The other stuff will fall into place. Mm -hmm. I, um, you know, I, I am a woman in business and as a woman in business, it's very easy to get run over. Yes. So I have, oh, I'm not afraid to be a little aggressive if I need to be. Mm -hmm. Um, I mean, some people might call me, you know, not a nice word. Mm-hmm. So, although if I were a man, they would say that I was a fantastic leader. Yes. So, but most people who really know me know mm-hmm. that I I am fair, and mm-hmm. I try to be very fair. I, I had you know a month in, I had sold a bag to somebody. I mean, it was a pre love bag, pre love Louis bag, and it broke. Um, and you know, I was faced with, okay, what do I do here? Mm-hmm. So, um, I did fix the bag. It cost more than what profit I made in the bag. But I felt like it was the right thing to do. Right. And that it would come back around to me. And someday, I'm sure it will. It will, yes. And so I just want to, I want, I want to do the right thing by mm-hmm. people. Um, I want everyone to be happy and, you know. So, so here I am. And um, I have, you know, I have achieved this dream of mine. Yes. That is, you know, it, we have big plans. Mm-hmm. So, I mean, I, I would like, I mean, now moving, you know, once you achieve a dream, you have to, you have to find What's a bigger the one. Next What's goal? the next goal? And I mean, the goal would be to, to build this store and then satellite it and, you know, have them everywhere. Mm-hmm. So, I mean, that would be, that would be my next, that would be my next goal. But my first goal is to make this one work. <laughs> <laughs> That's the <laughs> make, first step. To make yes. this one work. You know, yes. we are in the middle of COVID. Things are, you know, very tight. I'm certainly not sitting on top of some empire, but, right. but someday, 20 years from now, I hope we can do this again. Yes. And I can say, look, I, you know, I got lucky. I worked You were really, here, really recorded. Hard. This I is what here, you said. And, you know, this is where I want to go with it. Yes. And, um, you know, that's what I hope. It, um, I, I love my daughter working in the store with me. It, it's a lot of fun. It's not something I want her to do. And mm-hmm. it's not what she wants to do. We all know she wants to sing. Yeah. It, um, but it, it's, it's really incredible when it's yours. Yes. And so it's really incredible. It's a feeling. I mean, I'm not a crier. I'm, mm-hmm. you know, it, the joke with my family is that I hardly have feelings. <laughs> <laughs> I do. They're just really deep down in there, let me tell you. But I remember walking into that store and closing after working the first day and closing, and I just sat there and cried because I thought, how how did this happen? So my sister, who is my biggest fan Mm -hmm. and has been there pretty much every day since the store opened on a volunteer basis because I don't have any money to pay her. Yeah. It, um, you know, she, I remember when I told her that, you know, I had had gotten money, the financing to do it. I mean, she just cried and cried and cried. I'm I'm not even crying. Calm down. (laughs) So, but I mean, she's just, she's always been there. She's, you know. Well, your dream's her dream in the same way, you know? When you have those special people in your life, that's how they take it on is that they want to see you achieve your 
dream and success. They do. I have, I have a really good family that it was all very, very excited. Yeah. So, and great friends, incredible yeah. friends, incredible customers that have been in and, you know, and are continuing to support me. Thank goodness for them. Because yes. if we were counting on the walk-by traffic with COVID, then, no. you know, it would be a problem. Mm-hmm. So it, um, I feel very, very fortunate. It, um, you know, when I went through the things that I went through about, a, you know, two, two and a half years ago, everyone, you know, said, you know what, a, a door closes, a window opens, you know, it, it will come around. And now, you know, I believe that 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 this was the reason yes. that I had to go through that horrible situation um, to, to have this fantastic, you know, mm-hmm. situation. Mm-hmm. And, um, you know, so now when I hear somebody that's going through a bad time and I hear them say, and it's not what you want to hear at the time. It's not. At the time, you're like, look, I just want to sit on my kitchen floor, cry and drink this bottle of wine. Right. Okay, that's all I want to do. Right. It, um, and I did. Mm-hmm. So, but it... Um, it, it will. It does come back around. Yeah. Think, things will change. And I, I I just think if you're willing to really put in the work and work hard, you know, you you will you will get lucky. I agree. So. Well, I, I think that there's a lot of where hard work, luck and opportunity all have to come together for these kind of moments, you know. And I do um, firmly believe in what you're saying is, you know, that there I think for a lot of your story, there's things that you know, this whole timeline of the relationship building and the customers, and not only that, but taking these different opportunities, you wouldn't have been as ready to take this opportunity now had you not had those experiences. I agree. And that's, you know, an amazing thing is like sometimes when you are going through, you know, the eye of the storm, so to speak, or the bad experiences, it is still setting you up for the thing that's coming in your future. Um, you know, even I, I've said that in business too, and what I'm in, I mean, in in my path is I know I would not be in the position I am today had I not taken those risks and challenges. And and I've had similar experiences where it wasn't my best fit or it wasn't, um, I wasn't as happy as what I am today, but those things all kind of they they mold into this story and, and the threads of what gets you prepared for the moment when it comes. I, I think you're right. I do. I do believe, you know, now. I didn't believe then. Sure. But I do no, believe you now can't, I think, that, at you a know, certain building time. Building up to it, all of that. I, I actually don't regret any of it. Yeah. And so I'm sad. I'm sad for people who are still going through that type of situation yes. in the same places. Um, it 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 is sad that somebody has to fear going to work and and such. So I I feel bad for those people. Um, I do believe that something good will come out of it at some point Mm -hmm. when they find the courage to say, no, this is not acceptable and move on. Right. I agree. And I think people do find that. I, I, you know, it's kind of like being in an abusive relationship. Eventually mm-hmm. that person says no. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So at yeah. least most of them do. Yes. It, um, so, but, so that's where I am today. I'm very happy. It, I'm working on learning all the new things that yes. all the youngsters do on Instagram. <laughs> well, and, and luckily you have Bella with you too, I, who's I in the mix of all that. She tells me no to all kinds of things that I want to do. I wanted to post a picture of, I don't know, one of the Jenners in a, in a bag that I had at the store. And she's like, you can't do that. And so I didn't, but <laughs> I personally still think I can. Yes. So, but yeah, she tells me no to all kinds of things. So it is really funny. She does know it. I think she does all my videos and such like that. It's really fun. You know, she's an actress and a singer, so she can. She can jump in and do those. I would stutter through it and say um and so a million times and look like an idiot, but not her. Right. She just jumps right in. Yeah. So it is amazing how good she is at it. That's awesome. Well, before we get into our final five questions, um, why don't you just tell people a little bit about Jacob James, you know, like what they could expect from your store and what's there and kind of your whole, um, you know, business philosophy that makes up this incredible store. Yeah, absolutely. So it's Jacob James, Jewels and Luxury Goods. So we carry all of the all of the newest jewelry trends. So designers from all over the world and people that I have, people that I know personally and mm. have been to Europe and seen their, you know, their factories and things like that. And we also carry pre-loved Accessories, so handbags yeah. and wallets, and but all of the big brands, Hermes, Chanel, mm-hmm. Louis. It's it's a great opportunity for someone who is really fashion forward to get something at a great price. Yes, and, and also to find things that aren't necessarily here. I have a an auction that I buy a lot of things from in Paris, mm-hmm. so I bring over a lot of pieces that were never even sold in the United States. Yeah, it is, and it's the only way you would find something like that. Mm-hmm. So we have a lot of really fantastic avenues. So I mean, you come in and we'll find that perfect piece. So whether it's a ex- uh, handbag or an accessory, I mean, I, I believe a person could have 200 handbags. <laughs> so there, there's, 
There's no such thing as, you know, not enough. No such, there is no limit. There's a couple (laughs) words we don't use at the store. Limit, need, or budget. None of that. That's all out the window. (laughs) So, but we do have pieces that you can't just go and find. Yeah, very unique. Things are really different. And and people who know, you know, how to help you find something. The first question I ask somebody who comes in and they're looking for something, if I don't know them, is, well, tell me about her. Yes. Because how can I help you find a piece for her if I don't know her? Yeah. So, so tell me about her. What does Mm -hmm. she do? You know, Mm -hmm. what does she wear? You know, just give me a little synopsis of her and then then we'll find one. A a lot of our customers are Mm self-purchasing. You know, we get the holiday gifts and things like that. But self-purchasing women, strong women that come in for themselves. Even men. I mean, we Mm -hmm. have things for men, watches, wallets and things. But we're, you know, primarily a woman's store. Mm -hmm. um, So it's just a lot of fun. And it's really neat when we source things or somebody will bring something in that we know is a fantastic piece. And, you know, you get really excited about it. And then you become attached to them. Yeah. You become attached to the pieces. So when it sells, you really want it to go to a good place. Yeah. You really want it to go to a good home, someone who's going to wear it and take mm-hmm. care of it. And appreciate and so, it. And appreciate it. There's a bag at the store right now that's been there for a little while. And I don't know why, but my daughter loves it. And every day when she puts it out on a Saturday, she's like, why is this still here? <laughs> yeah. well, I don't understand why this hasn't gone home why with somebody. Why doesn't somebody love it as why much as I do? Why doesn't somebody love this as much as I do? Yeah. So she, she likes to take pieces and <laughs> such too, if she really likes them. It, um, so it's fun. We have we have a little bit of something for everybody. I have new jewelry. I have vintage jewelry. I have estate jewelry. I have accessories, scarves, handbags. Uh, I even have a, a Burberry hat. Mm-hmm. So just all different things for fashion lovers and accessories. That's awesome. So. And you guys are on the square in Hyde Park. You have a square. great location. We do. We're on the square in Hyde Park. We're right on Edwards Rose. We're across from Khaki's and by the donut shop. Mm-hmm. If you haven't been to the donut shop in Hyde Park, you do want to go there. Yes. <laughs> Oh, my. <laughs> and then where can they find you on online and social media and all of that? So our social medias are Shop Jacob James, mm-hmm. and our website is Shop Jacob James. So on our website, we have all of our pre-loved things. Our new pieces are not on the website. That is quite an endeavor that we're taking on now, but not finished yet. But all of that's there. So on, on Instagram, we post all the new things on the stories. So if you follow us on Instagram, which is Shop Jacob James, you'll see, like, the new pieces as they come in, which is really neat. So the people who follow can see, oh, she got this new today yes. or she got that new day and a lot of the pieces sell from the story you know they'll mm-hmm. call and say oh I've been I've been looking at that or I love that we had some butterflies we posted the other day and a woman had seen them and she loves butterflies she was so excited and they were fabulous pieces yeah fabulous so it um it, it's a great way to to stay in the know of what's new without having to necessarily come in although yeah. we love for you to come in because it's right. fun yeah so come in we'll play <laughs> so, we'll try on some things and absolutely have fun. yeah absolutely all right well let's get to your final five here um Um, Our first question is, what are you most proud of personally? So what I'm most proud of personally, you know, is not business. It it would most definitely be my daughter. Mm -hmm. So I know probably a lot of people say that, and it's like this standard answer, but I have an exceptional child. Yeah. So not just her talent. She is very talented, but it is, she is the most Mm kind-hearted, loving, giving person that I have ever met. Yeah. And I, when she does things that just amaze me and I think, God, I want to be more like her. Yeah. And so it, um, and not that, you know, that all came from me, although we are best friends and we are very tight. There's, you know, raising a child is like a village. Yes. And so, I mean, she gets a lot from my sister, her sissy and, yeah. and things like that. But, um, but she's exceptional and mm-hmm. I would give up every opportunity and everything to just watch her blossom and bloom. And, you know, when she sings, I cry and it's really, I mean, I could break a bone and don't yeah. cry, but I, her, oh, it's just amazing. So I see her dreams coming true for her mm-hmm. and um, she is by far what I'm the most proud of. When when you are in, when when you're in that arts world and, and you do, you know, your friends are who you're competing with and stuff like that, it's really hard. Yeah. You know, kids are hard. Girls are not nice. I yeah. mean, not even close to nice. And so she has endured a lot. And it's always very hard on her, but it has not changed her. And I mm-hmm. hope it never does. She would do anything for anybody. If mm-hmm. she liked him, if you didn't like him, you could be mean to her. And if you needed her help, she'd come. Yeah. And, and I— That is something to be proud of, for it sure. It is. Uh, so I'm very proud of that. I'm mm-hmm. very proud of her and who she is and who I hope she continues to always be. Mm. Love that. Mm, so. Describe your perfect day. What is Michelle's perfect day? 
Probably not what most people who are, you know, when you hear the successful people, they, you know, they sleep two hours a night and stuff. I would sleep in on my (laughs) most perfect day. Yes. (laughs) I would sleep in and probably be greeted in the morning with either, you know, coffee or, I mean, maybe a mimosa since we are going perfect. Yes. Um, And it would would be, you know, spending time with Bella. And so, Uh I mean, we would probably be shopping for things for the store or things for us. Yeah. And, you know, finish up with a really nice bottle of red wine. Mm -hmm. So that would be my perfect day. Probably, you know, just a girl day yeah. with my girl. Yeah. So you can tell I only have one child, can't you? <laughs> well, I know that, but I don't know if I can just tell them. But so, yes. Um, but that would be it. So I just want to sleep in. Yeah. I don't want anyone to wake me up. I understand And then that. we'll continue our day. Yes. So, then we'll go from there. Then we'll go from there. Yeah. So, really bad, perfect day. No, it's not. It's my it's, perfect day. That's awesome. Uh, what do you think has been the greatest lesson that's taken you the longest to learn? Um, you know what? It's that life isn't fair. Mm-hmm. So it, no matter how hard you work, no matter how much you accomplish for somebody, no matter how good you are, you can always be the best in the room, the, the prettiest, the tallest, the thinnest, the, the best. It, um, none of that matters. Mm-hmm. So sometimes bad stuff happens. Yes. And I mean, I think the lesson with that isn't to just crumble and die. I think it, it isn't what happens to you. It is how you deal with what happens to you. Agree. And so it, um, you can take something bad and, and something bad is going to happen to everybody. Mm-hmm. And it's, it's how you deal with it and how you move on. Mm-hmm. So it's a lesson I learned, um, you know, a few years ago. And I, I, I think it's really important for everyone, no matter what they do, no matter if you're an arts and you don't get that role because somebody else got it for some right. ridiculous reason mm-hmm. or, you know, you're in business school mm-hmm. and you, you weren't, you know, you, you got a B on something that mm-hmm. should have definitely been an A. It's Life isn't fair. Mm-hmm. It is not meant to be. Mm-hmm. It is not meant to be. We are meant to be tested and it's how we deal with those tests. And so that and really- rise and learn and And how we rise forward. and how we learn and how we move forward and how, and how we treat others because of it. It, um, that really is what matters. Mm. I like that. Uh, what do you hope your legacy will be when people think about Michelle? Hmm. <laughs> and so, you know, I think obviously the most important thing is that I, I, when I'm gone, I want, you know, people to remember that I was kind and good and that I would, you know, help people. I'm that girl that if you call at three in the morning, I will come and help you if you need help. I'm, mm-hmm. I'm going to complain about it, but I'm going to come. <laughs> yeah. So I'm going to come. That's just who I am. Um, it, um, you know, I hope they remember, especially Bella, how hard I worked at things. Yeah. Um, so that when her life gets hard and she has to really work really hard at something, she remembers that you can. Mm-hmm. So you she can had an work example really hard. of it. Mm-hmm. You know, this is you know, good things come to the people who do work hard for it. And um, so, I, I mean, I think that's it. I just I want to be remembered as somebody who is kind, maybe has great taste, mm-hmm. and um, you know, worked really hard for what what she had. Yeah. And so even if I never accomplish anything more than this, I, that, yeah. you know. This I, is a lot to be proud of. Well, I, yeah. yeah. So. Yeah. Um, like I said, let's talk in 20 years. <laughs> we will. We okay. will. All right. Your last one. What piece of advice would you give yourself right now? What do you need to hear? You know, I probably need to to let go of some of the control. I am definitely a control freak. Mm-hmm. I, I mean, I always say I'm not a control freak. I just don't anticipate people doing things correctly. <laughs> so, yeah. I like that phrase. It, it's, it's just the truth. <laughs> I, you know, if I have to stand over your shoulder and tell you how to do it, let me just do it. Um, so I probably need to let go of some of the control and things and let people you know, do things and let people help me. I um, I do try to do everything myself. Yeah. It's just who I am. And a part of it is because I know I'm going to do it my way. And, mm-hmm. and part of it is because I don't want to inconvenience others and such like that. But it, um, you know, I, I'm not sure that I'll take that advice, but that would probably be the best advice I could give to myself. Yeah. So, and it's it, hard um, too when you're growing a business and something that you have such immense pride and love in. It's hard to let go of that a little bit. But yes, for your sanity and for your future, it is one of those things. And I, I can relate. I can relate a lot. It's been something I've had to continue to learn over time. I'm better today than I was ten years ago. Um, but I, I understand it. But it is something that will allow you to, you know, live a little bit easier if you let go of some of that. 
Yeah, it's true. It's difficult, but yes. it's definitely true. So at some point, I'm really going to work on that. <laughs> <laughs> at some point. That'll be another thing in 20 that, years. That'll be another thing in 20 I'll years. I'll follow up with you Wouldn't and say, how are we doing on I, that? If I'm just calling the people who are running the stores and saying, right. hey, how's everything going? You're on a beach somewhere right. oh, with your cocktail. Absolutely. And all these other people are running the empire. Oh, wow. That would be amazing. So <laughs> I can't even imagine. So oh. I'd be that, that Anna Withers person then you know, a Vogue that, you know, yes. they write a movie about how mean nasty she is. Stop. <laughs> no, I'm not that mean. No. Well, thank you so much for taking time out of your day and um, coming and sharing your story. I, I know that there's a lot of people who can relate to it. I know that there's a lot of, um, you know, lessons that are within what you talked about that I just think are very important that other people can take away. And I think that there are things that it just translate into so many different levels of life, you know, when you're in school, when you're in business, when you're in a different career path. Um, so I appreciate you sharing you. Well, thank you. I appreciate you having me. It was really fun. And I, uh, it, it, uh, it was really kind. Thank you. Yes, you're welcome. All right. Well, thanks everybody for listening and uh, tune in next week for another guest on Everyday Badass. All right, guys, thanks for listening to another episode of Everyday Badass. And whatever platform you are listening to this podcast on, I would greatly appreciate if you can download, share, like, write a review, and just continue to support us and listen to these podcasts moving forward. Thanks so much. Thanks so much.